Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. We are bringing one of the last members uh, up to date with all of their downtime days, and then we will go ahead and start throwing some crazy combinations of different characters together for some incredible group games. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started then on the 18th of planting. Like I said with uh, Arpeggio in the last Downtime Days episode, we got done, we collapsed, it was extremely traumatic what all happened, and so it was just, we were in no condition to do anything with the rest of that evening. So after collapsing, uh, we wake up the next morning and we are ready to set out and do whatever. Arpeggio ended up doing his bit with the Fighters Guild and getting all of that put together. What would you like to do, Cherno, as you kind of start off, you know, starting to really get used to the city? Because this would be, what, your third day, I think, in Port City, something along those lines. What would you kind of do around the city? Going around the city after the experience we just had, I'd see a need to make more friends, I guess, both of the making more warlocks out of poor unsuspecting people, Variety <laughs> and making uh, just powerful allies because I definitely saw in that combat I don't have the AC I don't have the ability to really defend myself should push come to shove <laughs> okay so you are uh, able then to pretty easily you know you get up you look around it's a pretty bustling day not a whole lot of crazy events or anything the festival would have ended a couple of days ago so you know not a whole lot going on that way there is a ton of uh of movement and motion in the docks district around the uh orphanage but other than that you know it's just an average day uh nothing too crazy going on where would you like to go to try to make some new friends or uh, figure out something that you can do to build up some of that AC? What, where, where would you like to go? I think the AC will be high on my mind, but I think I'm going to do my best to impress my friends over at the Shadows Guild. So I think I'm going to go to the temple and like a good, you know, noble-ish person. I'm having a struggle saying this with straight face. I'm going to go <laughs> pray on the situation and see if there's maybe some form of well you know how there's the temple guard like the legal or what do you call them the justice temple guys yes see if there's like a courthouse where they need lawyers sort of thing yeah not a problem uh you head up to the temple's guild and you kind of ask around um you definitely find the symbol for justice so you uh head into that temple and it is a much more functional building than it is a decorative building. So as you walk into the Justice Temple, you do see there are a lot of petitioners, those that have been wronged, those that you know want to report a crime, that kind of a thing. And uh, you walk in and you find one of the Justice Clerics um, pretty easily. And what would you say to them? Would you just ask them if they need lawyers or courtroom type stuff? Or would you just kind of look around and get a feel? I'd probably go up to him with a blank piece of parchment and a quill in my hand and introduce myself. Well, hello, my good sir. I I see there's great many good things being done and I wanted to offer my skills for, you see, I'm a document, sir. A cleric with a gift for the word. Oh, yes. Uh, well, it's, it's good to see somebody here that's willing to help out. Uh, we're always looking for more enforcers for the uh, Justice Temple, those interested in righting wrongs and helping those in need. Uh, so how, what, what skills do you offer? I know you're a documenter, uh, but what, what 
do you think your ability to help would be? I'm good with many languages, and I spent many years in the on the Fire Isle, so I'm familiar with a lot of the la- law and language for the Dragonian and even some of the Dwarvish. But I think my true asset is my ability to finally filter through the written work. Okay, go ahead and roll me some sort of charisma check to make an impression on this guy. Really, can really sell yourself. <laughs> mm, if I'm, oh, why don't? Why didn't I give myself uh, proficiency in that? All right, we're gonna do persuasion. All right. Ooh, that is a twenty-three. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> he goes. Well, that actually does sound very useful. I, I hear the Fire Isles are very strict with their laws. Uh, you know, with the, especially since that red dragon took over over there. I, it's been <laughs> downright draconian. <laughs> I don't know why this cleric all of a sudden got a sense of humor, but he did. Um, he's the good cop in this in this equation. But uh, yeah, so it, he's like, hey, that could actually be very useful. We don't get a whole lot of dwarves here, but I know we do get uh, a lot of uh, smiths and other craftsmen that come out of the Fire Isles. So it, it could be very useful to have somebody here that's familiar with the, the culture and the way things work over there. Uh, yeah, we, we would uh, love to have you help us. Uh, so how would you like to do this? We could send word. I, I obviously see by your robes that you are a knowledge cleric. Uh, or a, a cleric, you know, with knowledge and, and learning. Uh, we could send word to the temple when we need your services, or you could just come in and uh, uh, when you have free time and do some work with us. It's it's whatever would work best for you, but we'd be able to find a spot for you one way or the other. I'm all for building relationships and building bonds, so why don't I help my domain and we'll make a relationship between the two so that when you have need for me, you just send to the send word to the knowledge domain. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I'll spend part of today gathering together all the uh, cases that we have with members of the Fire Isle, and we will send word over to the the temple tomorrow to get things lined up on what we can do to get you in here. Perfect, and the name's Cherno Tangors. Wonderful to meet you. My name is Nabby. Nabby or Nami? Nabby. Excellent. Sorry, you reminded me of a one I know named Navi. Not a lot of people are fond of her. Yes, I, I, I think I've heard of her. She's the really annoying one that pops up out of nowhere and screams. I, I think she just really wants to be heard. I, we, we get that same feeling very often. All right, so um, you head out of the Justice Temple then, I'm assuming, and uh, go about your day? Yes. Uh, I think the next thing I'm going to do is keep an eye, look for someone who maybe lost the side of justice. Okay, yeah, you kind of make your way, you know... For the record, I'm doing this to try and find someone who'd be willing to do a pact, so I think I have to roll for it. And since you're... Are you going to look in the temple district itself, maybe on the other side for the evil-based temples or the chaotic temples, or where would you be? I'm specifically trying to look for someone who was brought up before the Justice Guild and found guilty or someone with a grudge. Okay, you could definitely, if you walk, you know, halfway around the cardinal direction, you know, to uh, the evil side of the temples, uh, you can see that there are several outside of the temple that's dedicated to thieves, to to assassination, to murder, you know, the temple to Bahal, all that kind of stuff. You can definitely see lots of sneers and hear lots of very rude remarks when justice clerics walk by. Perfect. 
So I'm going to roll to see if there's somebody who's interested in contract. Okay. And this would be heavily populated, obviously. Perfect. Come on, lucky roll. Ooh, nope. No one is interested. That was a three. <laughs> okay. Well, since you just came out of the Justice Temple and you walked up there, they, they eye you pretty suspiciously. You know, like maybe this is a setup, and when they see you approaching, they all kind of disperse and ignore you. Alright, well that was probably a good couple of hours effort, but not the end of the world. Yeah, we'll say that it's just now getting into the afternoon. Okay, um, Cherno's going to probably keep an hanging around... Where would I go for this? I'm trying to listen to see if there's any deities, patrons, etc. looking for more people. I want to try and build more relationships and build up my book of packs a little bit more. Okay. Um, what actually might be kind of fun is I'm going to find everybody in our little group at some point uh, and kind of invite them to join the Adventuring Guild because I'm creating the guild. And I'm actually a warlock of the Raven Queen. If you want, I'll jump in. <laughs> I'll quote-unquote jump in with Bob and uh, have you tag along with me to the Raven Queen Temple if you want. Sure. Okay. Then uh, you're walking, you know, you're still kind of looking around in that temple area, you know, looking for for somebody else to possibly talk to because you know there's the only real difference between a cleric and a warlock is one has a, a job the other one has a sugar daddy um so you're you're looking around to see uh what all is going on and uh, you see bob uh, walking kind of towards one of the shadier looking temples um you can tell that it's shadier because it's covered in crows there there is multiple murders of crows going on uh in that general vicinity and you see bob kind of hoofing it that direction looking like he's kind of on a mission i'm going to wonder how bob can breathe in that mask while moving that quickly and just <laughs> casually follow him <laughs> that's fantastic i do need to get that finished and take pictures of it for you guys because I'm, I'm getting somewhere with it and it's looking pretty patchwork but i'm liking it so far so yeah um you see that he's definitely huffing and puffing uh, behind that mask for sure but you uh you said you'd catch up to him or you call out to him i'm just gonna quietly watch for now okay you see him uh get kind of up in front of the temple and he seems to be having a strange conversation with his bird uh if you want to roll a perception check you can try and listen in on that sure that is going to be why did it keep rolling <laughs> and that one and that one yeah right as you kind of lean forward to listen in uh uh bunch of bards with the College of Celebration come jumping out in front of you and try to uh, tell you all about this gnarly party they've got going on later. And uh, it, so you're not able to hear a word of it. In true Hades style, I'm going to be like, enough! And like, <laughs> all of me's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, all pull out a cigar and uh, take a couple puffs off of it and then walk away to go harass somebody else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, um, so then you see that he um, is conversing with a dark-robed, uh, and when I say robed, I mean uh, kind of like a robe of feathers, and uh, after, I don't know, 10-15 minutes or so, uh, their conversation kind of breaks up, and you see that the one that, that Bob is speaking to kind of points your direction, having seen you kind of looking that direction and paying attention. Uh, Bob turns his head and and looks for a second, not quite recognizing, and then, oh, all of a sudden it clicks and he waves or whatever. And uh, would you approach then? Oh, yes. I'd 
not just approach, but super friendly, like, throw my arm over his shoulder. Bob, my friend, how are you doing after that horrifying adventure? <laughs> you see the raven jumps off of his shoulder and takes flight as you go to put his arm, uh, your arm around him. And he says, oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, that was definitely something. Um, I've got some issues I've got to work through now. I did some pretty horrible stuff. But, you know, that's, that's part of the joys of being a warlock and uh, getting some powers you don't quite uh, know what to do with. I, I understand all too well, my friend. Yeah, I kind of noticed you got uh, something that's uh, a little bit warlocky about you, too, if I, I would say. Um, how would I do? I guess I would just kind of, like, lift my sleeve and you'd see the glowing dragon tattoo on my forearm. And just, we all have a relationship to someone or another, don't we? Yeah, Bob nods his head, and he's definitely looking at that tattoo, because, um, side knowledge, Bob really likes tattoos. So, you know, <laughs> that dragon tattoo, I'd really be like, oh my god, that's so cool. I probably wouldn't say that out loud, but I'd definitely be admiring the tattoo. Uh, I'd be like, it's done in the image of Balagos himself. And I, meta knowledge, I know who that is, so my eyes would get really big, and I'm like, oh, that dragon. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's one heck of a patron. Um, yeah, I'm uh, uh, Raven Queen, uh, the Morrigan. That's that's kind of my patron. Um, this is their temple because uh, it's kind of hard to cross that line between uh, warlock or deity and, and patron. You know, it's kind of a blurred line in some cases. Uh, you know, the, this is one of the priestesses. I'd be happy to introduce you if you want to have a chat. You know, warlock to warlock or whatever. I, I would love to. I, I'm. You could say I'm a collector of patron information. And I would love to know more about this Raven Queen you speak of. I'm guessing Cherno wouldn't be familiar with the Raven Queen at all. Okay. Here, I'm going to roll a history to see if I have any idea who that is. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and you, uh, could use, you could use Arcana uh, if you wanted to, or possibly Religion. I could probably use anything under the book, but a nat one is a nat one. Oh no, another <laughs> nat one, goodness. We might have to switch away from the metal die. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Oh, this is a fitting name. We're going to go with this one. So uh, I would say, and I kid you not, this is the first. I clicked on neutral names because I didn't, you know, I said priestess, but I like neutral names. So uh, first one I clicked, uh, I would point and I would say, yeah, this is Salem. Uh, she's oh my the, God. I know, I kid you not, like literally the first name on the list. This is Salem. Uh, she's the uh, head priestess here at the Raven Queen's Temple. I'm, I'm sure she'd love to talk with you. I would love an, an introduction um, good Salem, can I interest you in a bite to eat and a good conversation? Uh, she would kind of look back over her shoulder towards the temple and, uh, would say, uh, we'll continue our business later, Bob. Uh, it's been good to see you and you know what is expected of you. Uh, so return when you have completed that. And this is backstory with Braden gave me a quest. Uh, so I would probably, Bob would probably just... Yeah, I gotta head out, but um, good luck. Uh, have fun. Uh, let me know how everything goes. I've got a question for you later on, Cherno, uh, and I'll catch you later for that. Sounds good. Have fun, Bob. <laughs> All right, and then I will head off somewhere. So then uh, Salem would say, oh, yes, I would uh, love to grab a bite. Uh, I believe the other priestesses here would be more than are more than capable of handling things. How can I... Or what? What? I'm assuming you have some sort of reason to come to this temple as your, uh, I believe we just said it was brown, tan, parchment colored robes? Uh, I think so, for knowledge, something like that. I think so, yeah. Uh, as your brown robes don't exactly fit in with the black robes of our order here. 
as I was telling Bob, I'm, you could say, a collector of, of the patrons. My work is very simple. I help patrons to find fitting worshippers, and it, it, to a small benefit to me, but I really am here to try and make deals. And I'm assuming that you want something in return for your generous uh, recruiting. <laughs> it, it's usually very small. Since I'm helping patrons connect with warlocks, it's not even a fraction of the power they give to the warlock. I can't really speak of the deals I've made so far, but I can truly tell you I don't think a single patron has even noticed they're lending either any of their energy. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to bridging that connection so that you could speak with our, our queen. Uh, it would not be a easy task, uh, and it would require most of your evening, but uh, if you are willing to undergo a trance-type ritual, I would be uh, more than happy to allow you to speak to her and see what kind of deals you can make. I would be most honored. Uh, then I believe you said you would treat me to lunch, did you not? I did indeed. <laughs> and she would then follow you to wherever you would want to go. Alright, so you are able to then um, get back, you finish dinner, whatever, uh, you have a interesting, insightful conversation about the Raven Queen's practices, about some of the rhetoric, about the differences between the uh, clergy and the... Um, oh, we just got a message in recording test. Oh, that's the salt montage. Yes! Yes, Will, that would be amazing. Um, so we get... Uh, there's... Uh, uh, so you learn more about the Raven Queen's practices and the different things that can be like the different abilities that the warlocks are able to gain as opposed to the abilities that the clerics are granted, that kind of thing. So um, after that conversation, she says, return after the sun has set to this temple and we will begin the trance. Uh, you will likely be in this trance until the dawn. So be prepared for that. Uh, I would suggest you get a little bit of rest. Uh, it will be a test of not only your character, but of your stamina and your ability to find your way back to where you are supposed to be. So I suggest preparing in whatever way you see fit. The Raven Queen sees through all disguises and all deception. I don't think that you have fooled me with your brown robes. Uh, so when you are ready to return, return after sundown and we will commence in the ritual. Most excellent, thank you. All right, so then is there anything uh, you would like to do be before returning to the temple this evening? Um, just in case, I think I'm going to go back to my room at the uh, in the temple district, and I'm going to prepare a couple of contracts. Okay. Most specifically, a defense contract, just in case. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. As well as a healing contract. Okay. And are you going to do any kind of uh, looking up or research on the Raven Queen while you're there? Uh, probably wouldn't hurt anything since I am in the Temple of Knowledge anyways. Okay, then go ahead and roll a uh, history or religion check with advantage. Alright. Uh, those are the same for me, so we're going to do this on the app this time because my dice are betraying me. <laughs> Whew, what are you going to do if your phone betrays you? Get a new phone? <laughs> I have other dice somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so thank goodness that was with advantage because the first roll was a two. The second roll was a nat 20. 
Oh, wow. Okay, um, then I'll go ahead and I'll copy and paste this uh, into the recording text link, uh, the Raven Queen lore page that I use. But basically, uh, the Raven Queen is uh, in direct opposition to the Demon Lord Orcus, who constantly c- sought control of the Shadowfell. So she's trying to like protect the Shadowfell from Orcus. Um, and she in 5e is actually lawful neutral, um, as opposed to uh, other iterations where she has not been. And yeah, other than that, she's from the Shadowfell. Uh, domains are life and death. So here is the page on the Raven Queen. You're welcome to use any of that knowledge during that uh, when you need it. Okay, I'm just making a quick note for myself. Yep, and she uh, has claimed dominion over the souls of all the uh, Shadar Kai, so if you end up running into any of them, chances are um, that's who they are. You know, that's who they worship, so you can kind of, you know, can rely on them if you're on business for the Raven Queen. Uh, And she uses shadow magic and weapons, and she is the creator of Black Razor. So, all right. So he's going to do that research. He's got his defense contract written up just in case. Um, I don't think I can make that contract with myself, which is unfortunate. Uh, all right. And I think that's it. I've got a healing contract written up as well, just in case I need to do a self heal. And I think I'm good to go. All right. Then you return to the um, temple of the Raven Queen. And you see that Salem is basically waiting for you at the steps. Uh, She tells you to, uh, you know, she's not going to take your magic items or anything, but she takes you down into the small room and she tells you to leave your magic items over here off of your person. Just set them to the side and sit down. And there's a whole bunch of these large cushions laying around, you know, seat sized cushions. And there's a small incense brazier in the center of this circle of cushions. And she uh, tells you to set your magic items aside. Uh, I think you're going to have to use your book, I think, for this. So you can have your book in front of you. I was going to say, let her know that I need the book. It's what allows me to understand. But Yeah, so then you have your book in your lap. You're sitting there on the uh, uh, in front of the brazier. And she sits opposite of the incense brazier and uh, tells you to, you know, relax, uh, to let go of this mortal plane to open yourself up to the the other world that kind of a thing you know getting doing that whole ritual of of getting you separated from the physical world here and opening you up to the other world uh that is on the other side and she adds some strange magical components some strange herb mixture into this brazier and it is a very intense smell of kind of earth and of dust and of everything that you would associate kind of with the shadow fell other than like rot um but it would be you know old bark old trees you know an old forest that kind of thing all sorts of very intense smells hit you and she kind of begins to shift uh her form not her shadow more than uh her actual physical body and up kind of out of her rises this vaguely half human half crow type shape You're looking at it one minute and you can see an elven woman sitting in front of you. And then, you know, you kind of look, you know, you turn your head just slightly and you can see kind of the outline of a great beak. Um, And then you look again and there's kind of that plague doctor type mask. And and then it shifts back into the form face of that that elven woman. It's very confusing to your mind, but you can sense that there is another presence here within the room. Am I able to spend my action, discover a creature's type, and CR rating is? Yeah, go ahead. 
So I'm going to do that. And Turtle's not going to say anything, but he's going to kind of channel the book in order to do exactly that. Discover what a creature's type is and what their CR rating, as long as they're within the and I can see them. All right. Let me see if they actually have stats for the Raven Queen on 5e. Okay. Uh, you would be able to tell that she is a celestial um, and that she has a challenge rating because it tells you challenge rating, correct? Yep. Yep. Challenge rating of 25. That's terrifying. <laughs> yes. You can tell that she isn't physically here, but you can, because uh, it's kind of confusing. You know, it goes from celestial to human, back to celestial, and then the challenge rating jumps from 25 down to 8, back to 25. You know, it's kind of confusing since it's, she's not physically here, but that priestess is that's channeling her. Makes sense. All right. So how would you start the conversations? You can tell that she is definitely staring into you. Oh, great Queen of the Ravens. I am grateful for you to agree into this meeting. What is it that you seek of me, Documancer? I've been informed you see right through me and my intent, so I will speak plainly. Something I'm not used to doing. That I can sense. <laughs> I, I am on a quest to build relationships, to help the patrons of this world find those best suited to their, their cause and their guild. For personal reasons as well. How will this benefit me other than new members? I don't seek numbers. I seek those who are qualified to do what is needed. You seek those who are qualified, but I've seen your temple, and I know your numbers are few. And though you may not seek numbers, it never hurts to have someone whose intent is already to be roaming, helping connect those who are best suited to your cause. You make a very good argument, Documancer. I, I'm not asking for much. I will help build the contracts. They will be clear and plain to you and I. Those that we make it with, how clear they are is up to you. I simply will act as a medium between the two places, much like your dear Salem is doing now. And in that, I, if it is a fit, I all I ask is a small boon of your power, if I should require it. I shall consider it. I will need proof of your sincereness, though I can see that you are sincere in the fact that you do intend to bring more worshippers and more warlocks to me. I need to make sure that you are actually able to do what you say you can. Assist the one named Bob. I see that you are already a friend with him, and I shall guarantee this pact and I shall fulfill it as soon as the job is completed. So let us figure out what exactly we can do for each other, and then I will send you on your way to assist the one named Bob. Most excellent. With the other entities, it tends to be one active of power and one passive. What would you see fill fitting? I have three boons that I can offer you in exchange for your assistance in bringing me new members. I, as you know, am the crafter of the Great Black Razor. I can offer you a figment of that weapon. Should you slay a creature with any physical weapon, a portion of its soul will be pulled into you, healing you and restoring you from some of your injury. I can loan to you one of my Shadarkai, one of my assistants and one of my faithful in its shadow form, can appear before you upon calling and assist you for a short while before returning back to the flock. Or I can allow you to temporarily step through the hidden passageways to, sh to the Shadowfell and move undetected 
and unnoticed for short distances. Unless you have something else that you require, these are the three things that I can offer you now. What about something smaller? What about the ability to call upon a raven that I can share its eyes, but only for a short time? I would be more than happy to arrange for one of my ravens to aid you, should you need it. Uh, so then, uh, for your active power, um, are you looking for something along the lines of the animal messenger spell, or do you want kind of a temporary familiar? Very temporary familiar is the idea. Okay. I think that would be super useful and very small in the eyes of the Raven Queen. Okay, yeah, we can do that. So then um, she says to you then, one of the flock then, upon your call, shall appear before you from a sigil that I shall ink upon your skin. It shall appear then from that sigil for a short time before it must return. During that time and while that sigil is activated, we shall have a pact between you and I. This pact of the familiar, or this pact of the chain, should well allow you to call upon this as any other warlock would for a short time. As you are right now and until you gain more favor within my temple, it shall be for one minute. Then, uh, passive effect. As you know, I am greatly opposed to Orcus and his forces. If you do me a service, I shall allow you to detect any undead within your immediate vicinity. Beautiful. Makes sense to me. You want to just do 15? Yeah, if you're okay with 15, we'll do 15. <laughs> 15 will still tell me if they're about to climb underneath and get me. <laughs> Good idea. Um, these gifts are gracious and great. Your, your queen, or the queen, I guess. <laughs> your queen, yes, ma'am, sir. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> um, uh, I I intend to do only the best by you and assist Bob as you see fit. Then he shall be departing very soon to complete a quest that I have asked him to complete against the for forces of Orcus that are in possibly infiltrating the city here. Uh, so then over the course of the next two days you shall assist him and as soon as the job is completed we, uh, the, as soon as the job is completed, these powers will appear upon you. And you see her shadow form begin to reach out towards where would you be okay with a sigil appearing on you when you complete a contract? Do you want it the same place that the dragon tattoo is, or a different Yeah, one? so the idea is that the tattoo is going to always resemble whichever patron I last did a pact for. Awesome. Then you or see... Can, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, actually, I was going to have it move, but you know what? Let's just stick with that idea. <laughs> Okay, then you see her reach out over the tattoo of Belagos, and as her hand wavers over the top of it, you see it shift and move into the symbol of a raven, or a raven's head type symbol, and then it flashes back to Belagos as she removes her hand. And she says, as soon as the requirements are met, the powers shall be yours. And to sweeten the deal, if you are able to help him in his full capacity and bring down the entire force within the city, I shall grant you one favor with me as well. So that'll basically be you're getting one war point upon completion. Perfect. And I'll just simply bow and, like, wait. <laughs> okay. You see that her form then shifts again, and slowly Salem comes back into herself. The room quits spinning and swaying, and uh, Salem kind of shakes her head, uh, kind of regaining her senses on what was going on, and she says... Well, I hope that that was everything that you needed of me. I am 
exhausted and would like to turn in uh, for the dawn. I know it doesn't seem like that long has passed, but I assure you it is morning. I sleep well. Thank you so much for the introduction. And she nods her head, and uh, you then exit out of the temple. The morning sun is glaring right into your eyes. Uh, and then we will go ahead and we will kind of take a weird break in the middle. Braden assigned me this quest and I hadn't done it yet, so I figured this would be a good way to, to wrangle one person into helping me. So we will go ahead and then skip now. Um, you can go and take a long rest, and then we will skip the 19th and the 20th, and we'll come back on the 21st. Does that sound okay? Uh, other than I'm going to try and make one more pact with someone in between, if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. So then uh, we'll go ahead and back uh before you call it a long rest or whatever or do you want to like do it in between the two days in between the two days okay so then you head back you take your long rest and then we will quote unquote break here for you to help bob and then um so you're taking a break from helping bob uh having returned to your quarters for the evening or taking a rest um something along those lines uh, we'll go ahead and do heavily populated still, because I think Brayden said that it was within the city. So go ahead and tell me who you would be seeking out and uh, how you want to do this role. Um, I'm just because I've got one point still with Balagos, and I can have used up. Oh, I used up both, so it doesn't really matter right now. Sorry, I'm just double checking how my point system works. Yep, basically you just cash in. Uh, the points are universal. You don't have to store them up with particular patrons. It's just you get points total. And then you can spend them on whichever uh, entity you like. Alright. So I'm going to go check out ooh, who would have something... Who would want to channel a fire dragon? Red dragon. Okay. Uh, you would know that dragon fire is extremely useful... Um, thing for smiths to use. Um, you would also know that many great warriors, as is indicative of every medieval flag out there, is dragon-oriented. You would know, uh, so, you know, great knights, great warriors, that kind of thing. You would know that there are a lot of uh, mages also that focus primarily on the destructive force of fire, because, you know, I don't care how big the broom is, I said I cast fireball, uh, that kind yeah. of thing. Let's say I'm going to hang out around the fighters' guild. I'm doing well people in there who are looking for extra firepower. Excuse the pun. Yeah. I also realized <laughs> I've been rolling the wrong dice. Oh no! Which one? I was, roll- I was rolling a d20 for my percentile, so it's kind of weird that I never got over 30%. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that does make a lot of that does make a lot of difference, yeah. Alright, so my first attempt, I got a whole whopping 8% so no one was interested in the Fighter's Guild kind of area. So then I'm going to go near the orphanage. Because okay. what's worse than, you know, what's better than giving a troubled child the powers of an ancient red dragon? Okay, and actually, um, like I said, according when uh, uh, Arpeggio was there, uh, there are a lot of people still kind of milling around. So those that are, you know, kind of reveling in the stories of the legendary heroes that saved those children. There was that gleaming knight in shining armor with the giant magical spear of legend. There was the fire elemental mage that was calling up all sorts of great terrible forces, healing their allies and harming their foes. There was a a glaive-wielding raven kenku man that swooped down and I guess crazy the stories that are going on so you could definitely find some guys that are that are cruising for some power 
Alright, I guess I should still roll for that, though. Oh, that one is at least doable. That was a 48%, which brings me to a DC 20 persuasion check to find a person. Okay, well, uh, the check... Oh, yeah, to find a person, I think probably to convince them. I think you would find somebody, and we'll just do the persuasion check to, you know, really convince them. I think that makes more sense. So you hear these guys regaling these stories, and you can see right away that one of them on their shield has a red dragon kind of motif-type thing worked into his shield. And he said, if I had been there, this sword would have run right through that demon that they slayed. Nothing can stop this blade. As a matter of fact, that's how I got this shield. I am more powerful than the greatest red dragon, Belangnus, that rules the Fire Islands. And you know that he mispronounced it and didn't even get halfway close. Yeah, at least he didn't say baloney. Um, Yeah. I'm going to try the same trick twice and we'll see what happens. So I'm going to just do the, like, more or less uh, cast produce flame cantrip. Okay. And I'm going to produce it and, like, throw it onto the end of his blade just to, like, make it glow. Yeah, you saw that as he, you know, as he pointed to his shield with the tip of the blade, you know, waving his sword around like no actual fighter ever would. Um, He kind of tapped the shield with the blade, and as he goes to return it, he sees the fire on the end of it, and he goes, Oh, God, what is this? And he's like, and he kind of looks down at his shield really dubiously and kind of scans the skies for dragon wings. And I'll just kind of, oh, because I can't help myself. Um... I'm going to cast my uh, Misty Step and just kind of... Sh- <laughs> I, I can't help myself. I'm going to cast Misty Step and then like a burst of like flame and shadow come behind him. My arms draped over him and the guy next to him will be like, I hear you got power to rival Balagos himself. He's like, oh, ba- Bal- Bal- oh yes, Balagos. Yes, I am the great dragon knight. The Dragoon Order tried to offer me a position, but... I am better than those dragoons could ever hope to be. And, and he's looking around really dubious at this point. Not sure. Like, do I need to roll a insight check on that? <laughs> you can tell 100% he's lying. You can feel the slight quiver in his armor uh, with your arm around him uh, because of all this that's just going on. Well, why fight dragons when you could channel their power? Yeah, he definitely squints his eyes. He's like, what do you mean? I mean, rumor has it Balagos is looking for some new warlocks. Someone to take on his power into their blade and do great things in his name. Warlocks? I'm a warrior. I am a fighter of greatest renown. Why? Why do I need to be a warlock? Go ahead and make whatever argument you want. If it's good enough, I'll give you advantage on this persuasion check. Because what good is a warrior with no sword and no shield against magic when a warlock can reproduce his sword at will, channeling the powers of the great ancient red dragon that conquered the Fire Isles himself? That's pretty good. I, I, I'll go ahead. I'll make the DC a little bit lower. Not quite advantage, but go ahead and uh, uh, roll it and I'll lower the DC. Eyes closed. Hope for the best. Oh my god. Not 20, thank you, app. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. No, I was going to drop the AC to like 17. Uh, so, yeah. No, with a nat 20, he's like, 
I could summon a dragon blade. And you have no idea what the hell a dragon blade is, but he clearly knows what a dragon blade is. Or he really thinks he does. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I will be the greatest warlock, and I shall ride into battle with my armor gleaming at the head of Balagos himself. So he's willing to make the deal. All right, then come with me. I have a place we can talk, and I might, I'll introduce you to Balagos himself, and you can say what you need to say to him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so would you like to then facilitate this uh, ritual, or do you want to just uh, skip ahead and uh, keep going from there? Well, we'll do the ritual of binding. It takes an hour. It must be restarted if interrupted. And yeah, I have to go... Uh, yeah, it has to take place, and it has to be in a space large enough to fit their spectral form. <laughs> I remember that we had the same problem last time. <laughs> Thankfully, giant we are in the somewhere. same place, and I know the sewer entrance to go. <laughs> to go. If you want to do it in the sewers again, you can. Otherwise, you're already in the docks. There's the big festival grounds with the big bonfire area kind of off to the side. It's completely unused when uh, there isn't a festival going on. So we can go over there if you want instead. Yeah, let's do that one. All right. So you uh, go over to the festival grounds around the big bonfire, which definitely helps set up that image, you know, of Balagos and everything, standing there with the flames and stuff as he illusorily blows flames all over the place. And the warrior and whatnot stands there, and you can see that they're communicating in some sort of telepathic way, and, and he goes very pale when he actually sees Balagos. And, uh, yeah, the color drains from him immediately, but... But after some talking and some convincing, you can see a change in him. He gets more vicious. You can see his, he gets a lot meaner looking. He definitely has a cause now, getting that, that fury and whatnot built up in him. And uh, after the contract is over, he just nods to you and says thanks and uh, walks off in the direction of one of the ships where the passenger vessels kind of take off from. Uh, you're pretty sure he's probably heading off to the Fire Islands to uh, meet with Balagos himself. And I'm just like, I should start contracting a ship and getting commission for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Merchant's Guild talking if I ever heard. So, uh, that's the third person in as many, or I guess five days now. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And Fire Island vessels aren't that often. They, they don't go there that terribly often. So they're probably all going to go on a boat themselves. You know, uh, have a Hunger Games kind of a thing to see who actually gets to be the warlock. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then that would take up uh, that, that. That was the one that we were going to do uh, in the middle of in between. Yeah. And this is where we'll go ahead and break for this episode of the Chaos Plan. We hope you join us next time when we get together. 